0: Just a little love note to all of our loyal Free Cookie listeners and to anyone who might be new to the show. This is an ad-free podcast, and we want to keep it that way. We want to make sure that we can
1: just give you guys the awesome content, the great interviews. and Without the stuff
0: that you have to fast forward. But in order to do that, we need your support. So if you could join us over at patreon.com forward slash free cookies and become a patron of the show, there are many tiers that you can join. You can throw us a dollar. You can do five. And it turns out we're going to start putting some content up for those of you who are hardcore free cookie we,
1: supporters. We're going to make this worth your while. So if there's some of you out there who just listen to the show, and you feel like, hey, you know what? I could I could spend two, three bucks a month. Great. If you guys need a little something as incentive, we're going to put some videos up on Patreon that are going to be exclusive to those of you who are free cookie monsters. And, I mean, we're talking some good content, like... I'm going to take you inside my sneaker closet, like that kind of content,
0: you know? And I will contribute recipes, and perhaps every now and then our dog will give you a soliloquy. So, again, that is patreon.com forward slash free cookies. Thank you. Thanks. I'm Catherine Budig. And I'm Kate Fagan. And this is Free Cookies, a humorous podcast filled with thoughtful conversations and offering delicious takeaways. And today... (laughs) And today... We are podcasting with Ashi the Asshole on my lap. That's right. Say something to the people, Ashi. That's the
1: content. That's gold. her content. It's okay. gold. That's- so, and today. And today. We're kind of doing like a year end. you well, know, a wrap up. Like a best of. A best of what? The no.
0: thousand TV shows that we have watched yes. it's in kind 2020. Of, it's, almost,
1: <laughs> it's very much so a coronavirus year end because... It's not like the b- best places we traveled,
0: the best restaurants we've
1: gone to. No, 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 no. Best TV shows. Although I mean, that's kind of standard. Even the best if there books, isn't the best pandemic. TV shows, yeah. the best
0: food I've cooked.
1: But before we get to that, but before we get to that, this is also a very coronavirus thing because one of our jokes, my wife and I, during coronavirus, is, is that we have merged, merged, or we are attempting to merge into one person, and preferably. Three people, if you count Ashi as a person.
0: Ashi would be in the middle like an Oreo. Like, she's the double stuff.
1: There are times when we talk about really wanting deep down, like a deep down need to, like, boil Ashi down into <laughs> some kind of sauce and slather her on us or ingest her so that she becomes one with us. But this is taking a, a detour. So I wanted to ask you a question live on the podcast okay. about something that happened last week.
0: Well, I don't know how we're going to be boiling Ashi down into like a shea butter that we rub into our cracks and crevices on our elbows. Do we, that's how you would do that. You would boil her
1: down until she's kind of like a ball of fat and then we would use her as lotion. Okay, I'm going to cry. And then we would absorb <laughs> her into us. Um, no, so the So last week, you and I, because we were looking for a a new couch, because we spent so much time on the couch. So all these things are tying together for being coronavirus here. Um, We were were just kind of like looking at rugs because we needed a runner because our dogs are getting older. And I have noticed, and it's not just the first time I've noticed this, that you and I have divergent tastes in rugs. And I said aloud, like, because I was like, what do you think about this one? And you were like, "Mm, I don't love it. And so I said, you know, I think our tastes in rugs are a little different. (laughs) To which you kind of like had a little bit of a moment.
0: I feel like you softened that, the delivery. What do you
1: think I said in real life?
0: In real life? Like, what did I hear in my head? How did the
1: scene play in your world?
0: The scene played in my world. Do you like this rug? And I'm like. Hmm. In my head, I'm like, I do like Moroccan rugs, but that one looks like it's really dirty. And if we're going to spend a lot of money on a rug, I don't really want a rug that looks dirty. I want a rug that looks vintage, but not that looks dirty. And then you said, well, turns out I have the really good taste in rugs and you don't. But that's fine. We're not going to get this. That's that's how it translated in my head.
1: Wow. But you agree. I didn't say that.
0: I agree that you did not say that. But since we have merged... I, I feel that I can like oh. get in there and translate.
1: See, that's funny. This is good to have um couples therapy on free cookies because the way I interpret my acknowledgement that we have different tastes in rugs was not your reluctance to not being merged and one and having the same mind. That actually, that is what I thought you were upset about that we aren't the same person.
0: That's ultimately probably what happened. okay,
1: because but you're saying that you read it. As if I thought my taste was superior. Yes. Okay, but I thought you were upset because you want to be one with me, and in that (laughs) moment you weren't one with me. (laughs) Which is true. No, 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 which of those is true? Put it down in
0: the history books that that's what happened. That's that's how I want our love affair to be remembered. Which of those
1: (laughs) is true, if you're being as honest? As possible right now. Well, I already told you. The truth is that I sounded superior.
0: I felt that that was a moment of you being like, I have the superior taste in rugs and how unfortunate that you can't <laughs> agree with my support superiority.
1: And we, I, I guess, and all I'm s- all like, I don't want a dirty rug. <laughs> a dirty, I like a vintage look, but not a dirty look. There's a big difference. There is a big difference, but I, br- I bring that up because I assume that a lot of listeners out there, you know, if if they're lucky enough to have a partner during this coronavirus pandemic, you may have noticed that there is a merging that is taking place, right? Yes. Like, well, I w- well, maybe we're the only ones, but I do feel that you and I have reached levels of mergedom that I I I, I, I think is oh is too much.
0: <laughs> do you think all I've been thinking about in the last thirty seconds is "betrodden" a word? Because if you tread on a rug too much, it's going to look. Dirty, so don't don't trod on me. It's betrodden. Uh, Are you thinking
1: about like downtrodden? Like if something's downtrodden, no, I'm just thinking of
0: another interpretation of tread. Like don't tread on me. You tread on something, but I would look at a rug and think that's betrodden.
1: Okay, so you (laughs) thought the rugs that I liked were betrodden. Yes, okay, but but not downtrodden because that's more about uh, applying that to a human. On so, say the same thing. Okay, so betrodden. So you, I like beetrodden rugs.
0: <laughs> yes. I'm gonna Google beetrodden. Which is different than bespoke. <laughs> <laughs> I like bespoke rugs that look betrodden, like they've been tread. On but they're not betrodden.
1: Some hipster has made them unique in each one to look
0: betrodden. Yes. In a bespoke manner. Like what we own right now, which is an inexpensive rug that looks like it's really old, but it, it turns out it can handle lots of dog pee. I'm going to go to Etsy. <laughs> 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 it's basically just a
1: sponge for dog pee. <laughs> Welcome to our home, everybody. Ah, boiling on the stove and there's a <laughs> pee rug under the couch. <laughs> It was just a happy little family. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but we should do. We should right. We should do our <laughs> Let's top. Let's
0: move into the real content now, shall the, we?
1: The real content. Uh,
0: okay. It's time for the top threes. The top threes. Three, two, one, go. Now, did we pick dun, dun, three? Dun, dun, Why did we pick three instead dun, of
1: five? Dun, 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 because we only wanted the show to be like thirty, forty-five minutes, and not like ninety minutes, um, so that's why we stuck to three. You're so smart. You crazy. So should we do TV shows or books first? Let's do let's do TV shows first. Okay. Um. And do do three, two, one. So your third favorite TV oh, show. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um. And and the, this is. I feel like everyone who listens, not everyone, most people who listen are like pretty obsessed with TV because it's it's the one gleaming, shimmering goodness that we have in.
0: I do believe in 2020, it would be somewhat difficult to not be obsessed with TV shows. Okay. So, your third favorite. Except for Joel and Allie. If you're listening right now, Joel and Allie, you need to get a freaking television in your house. Okay? Stop streaming on your computer. Come on. Come on. All right. You go, go, go. Okay, I'm going to go. Your third favorite. Okay, my third favorite TV show of 2020. Are we going to see how merged we are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have the, Okay. I don't think we're going to have the same ones. Oh shit! Yeah, okay. I don't think so. All right, my stop looking at my paper. Okay, sorry. My third favorite TV show of 2020 is dun, 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 dun. the Undoing on HBO. Ooh,
1: that's interesting because my third favorite also begins with the two letters UN, but it's not the Undoing.
0: Ooh. So give me a,
1: like a little, a brief synopsis of how that made it into th- the third spot
0: so this is the hbo uh wh- what is hbo max what is it called it's an isolated series what limited are they? Edition limited limited edition series. like limited it's series. just it stands on its own there's not going to be a season two no matter what <laughs>
1: You never know. They said that about Big Little Lies.
0: Oh, true. Okay. Well, so it's Nicole Kidman. Speaking yep. of Big Little Lies, did now seem like the time to unvelcro your sneakers? Yes, because I want to tuck my feet underneath my butt, and I won't be comfortable if my shoes are still on. Okay. So uh, Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman, and it's this very bizarre kind of um, like psycho drama. Yeah, I guess is what how you would label it. Uh, it's a who done it, and. Uh, I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but it's one of the more I think there was only six episodes, That's maybe. Right. Just six. Which in retrospect is just not enough. Um, I was captivated the entire time. I am not gonna lie, I'm not a massive Nicole Kidman. Fan, no, she, she has
1: lately played the same role in a lot of different things,
0: and yet I would watch it again just to see all of the color palettes that she matched with her hair in this show because mm. it was on point. But besides the fashion element, um, seeing Hugh Grant in a role that is um, unsavory mm. was, he was fascinating. Great in he this. was fantastic, and then there's this amazing Italian actress who actually learned English. So she could be cast in this role. And I think she is a babe. Yeah, you you were super into her. I was. It's
1: a, like Hugh Grant in this is basically his character in Love Actually, but if he was sinister.
0: Wait, or maybe, is it that the role that he, Hugh Grant always kind of plays? That's true. Though? I mean, he's
1: Hugh Grant. So <laughs> he's kind of like that daffy, floppy Englishman. But in this one... He's sinister instead of affable. He might bludgeon you. Yeah. Okay. So my third favorite TV show, which also begins with UN. 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 Uh, I mean, it's not fun if we just sit here looking oh at each other. Oh my God. I forgot my favorite TV show and I didn't put it on the list. Is it begin with un too? No. Okay. Well, you've got, you can do some extemporaneous oh talking about God. that. But my third favorite was unorthodox. Oh. On Netflix, I really love that show a lot. I mean, it got a lot of acclaim. It's about um, a young Hasidic woman who leaves her family because she wants to explore who she is outside of the faith. That was a fascinating yeah. show. And I thought it was a little it was different. And I, I have some reservations about the undoing after reading some of the think pieces, because I don't think for myself. I wait until people tell me what to think. And after they told me what to think, I was like, yeah, that's right. So I went with unorthodox. OK,
0: that was yeah, an unorthodox answer for yeah, you. You're welcome. Um 2. Oh god, I'm so like spun up over here now. Wait, okay. <sighs> okay, 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 okay. Yep. Number 2. Okay. Would be Season 2 of The Crown. And I feel entitled to say that for 2020 even though Season 2 of The Crown did not come out in 2020. Season 4 did. And that's what we started with. We started with Season 4 and then we went back to Season 1. But we've watched them in a bundle. Which makes it feel like a 2020 show to me. Okay, that's And cool. I am going to go with season two, because season two was everything I want television to be. Which is what? I got cried and or was choked up in every single episode, because this is actually quite fascinating, because you think of the royal family, and it's like, mm, stiff upper lip, you know, like, lack of emotion that happens. And the way they're portrayed, which is so bizarre because they're real characters, but obviously they're putting their Hollywood like, writer table spin on it. What's Hollywood
1: called in, in London? Hollywood. Yeah, there's no like <laughs> Bollywood, Hollywood, and then like, what would we call London Hollywood?
0: There is no London Hollywood. I know, but
1: if we had to name it right now. Oh, like,
0: we have to come up yeah, with it? Yeah, we have
1: to name it. And you're so good at stuff like this. Oh,
0: God, why do you Be put like, me on the spot? Like,
1: w- what is it? What is so quintessential British? That we could then add wood to it. <laughs> the, the, Jolly good. Jolly the, wood.
0: The, the, Jolly the wood. The Notting Hills. Notting Hills. Jolly wood and Notting Hill. Jolly wood. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I just, I think the character study in that show yeah. is truly remarkable. And they show so much human pain underneath the guise of this family that's just supposed to represent... monarchy and represent england and um i just found myself thinking about instances in my own life that have nothing to do with being part of a monarchy but the the family dynamics yeah and the relationship dynamics and i just think it's exquisitely done i think claire foy is a boss Mm -hmm. Um, i can't think of the name of the actor that plays no uh the actor who plays princess margaret but I think oh, that yeah, yeah. actor is phenomenal. It's just, it's really well cast and it's beautifully executed. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. My second favorite show of 2020 was The Haunting of Bly Manor. What? Yeah. Well, the, you know, there's... um. What? Yeah, okay, little panty wads, simmer down now. So I'm going to explain it. You know how we've talked about the um, there's been all of these studies done about your experiences with something will be an average of the peak moment of the show or the peak moment of something and the last moment of something. So, and, and there's been studies done that that will be your memory of something. If you do a workout, you will, you will take an average of like how hard it was at the peak moment of hardness. And then how was it the last moment you remember it? Right. So, and this was in uh, Being Mortal by, by um, I'm not even going to uh, try to remember the author, but the book Being Mortal. That's what Bly Manor, that's why Bly Manor leapfrogged to second on my you list. you love the final episode and it got gay. Because it got super gay, super lesbian, and I just loved it. And so the final <laughs> episode for me was like a 10 out of 10. And so Bly Manor, in, in retrospect now... Actually has like a nine out of ten, even mm. though like the middle episode. Even though you
0: would still have to watch all the other episodes to get to that final one again. Yeah, but the fi- yeah, y'all yeah, the final one with the two
1: ladies in love and the uh, the desperation. It, it was
0: very romantic.
1: Yes, yeah. in so the end, Bly Manor with the gay twist wins me over and gets to my second spot.
0: What's your number one? What's your number one? High five, because I feel like we have the same number one. We do. And this is the... I didn't have it written down, and I don't know you, how... I forgot. You don't get to Here, include let's Umbrella say Academy. Is, let's say it at the same time. Okay,
1: our number one show of
0: 2020 oh, is... Oh, I loved the Umbrella I Academy. Our
1: number Damn one it. show of 2020 was... Ted, Ted Lasso! Lasso! <laughs> and
0: we didn't even... We should merge. <laughs> I know. Because we didn't communicate about that beforehand no but and it's i don't know how that slipped my mind because kate is reading like think pieces about ted lasso and emily in paris which turns out they have a lot of similarities which was also a fantastic show that made me feel very good but ted lasso hands down and if y'all are like one of those ted lasso ted lasso was actually based off of a commercial that was created for NBC Sports. Yep, when they got the Premier League rights. When they got the Premier League rights, which yep. is soccer, a.k.a. European football. Football. And uh, Jason Sudeikis, Sudeik- Sudeikis. 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 Yep. My bad. Uh, is the lead and maybe one of my favorite actors of all time now. I, I legit... So the, so the premise is that this American football, like Blue 52 football, goes over to England... To play soccer, to coach, I coach, coach. Coach, coach, coach. He coaches soccer. Play, coaches, coach, coaches soccer. Sorry, I was deep in my yeah, yeah, interpreting the two different sports. And he, you know, he's from Texas. Yeah. So he's got like the great Texas accent, and he's just like the happiest-go-lucky, spine, silver lining, and everything. Which you would think, wow, what a corny freaking character. I, on many occasions, since I have watched that show mm-hmm. in full earnest moments have said to myself be more like Ted Lasso. Yep. No joke.
1: This show is brought to you by the Apple Plus TV show Ted Lasso.
0: Wait, don't you have anything you want to say
1: about it? I do, but I thought it was funny cuz this if this show was sponsored by Ted Lasso, we really nailed like merging the content with the advertising of the show True. if this were sponsored by Ted Lasso. And it yet is not. we're not
0: sponsored at all. We just have a Patreon, which is very empty right now. You guys, you
1: go and you become a Patreon. A, pa- <laughs> a Patreon. Why,
0: why did you love Ted Lasso? So
1: I love Ted Lasso because... And I was skeptical of Ted Lasso. It's not my jam to begin with because it seems corny from right. the you outset. You have all the trope
0: characters yes. in the beginning. You're so like, that's Here why,
1: that's why I loved it because... In in fact, the reason we started watching it is because we were at your mom's house and like things were not great because your dad was really sick. Mm-hmm. And we were like, look, we can't you know, we're not trying to watch like a thriller right now. We need something that's just happy. And so I'm like, I'm willing to watch this cornball show because of our life circumstances. God, it's so good. But the thing that will win you over about Ted Lasso is every character that gets introduced is clearly a cliche. And you assume they're going to play out the trope of this character all the way through the first season. But like by episode two, you realize that every character that is a cliche, actually, they will flip on their head and be the opposite of the cliche that you think they are. Like, for example, the... the um, Footballer girlfriend. Yeah, you know she, the the typical like um oh my god um I'm, I'm, there's an acronym for an like, acronym basketball wives. Oh really? Um, I do wh- not know this. Wow, Lindsay. Um, why are you looking at Lindsay? I don't <laughs> know. It's like a pop culture thing, and Lindsay's really good with Should pop culture. Should I know this? There's been like shows about like wives of athletes. Oh my god. Oh my this is this is not good content right now but anyway so the trope of wub <laughs> wabs um oh Wab. w- <laughs> listen i will google this and get you an answer why the and ballers Wob. wabs it's kind of like wap really. so um <laughs> you assume this character is going to be like uh, money hungry spotlight hungry vapid and like at the outset you think that's what she's going to be and then in the end she's like the most down to earth like enriching character in the show so just like stuff like that that makes you question your own assumptions about as you walk through the world about like who you're interacting with
0: so and pro tip for this show i highly recommend watching it with subtitles because the dialogue is so cheeky yeah and you are getting kind of a smorgasbord of different british accents yeah um, but it, it, it's so witty and I feel like you might miss a little bit without the subtitles and the subtitles just give it that extra little, like, oh, this is so good. Yeah. High five. Yep. The merge. Good team. All right. Are we moving over to books? We are going to move over to books. Okay. Okay. Do you have an order for your books? I do have an order for my books. Okay. Go for, go for number three. Number three first. Okay. And this should, it goes without saying that these are all Inky Phoenix picks. So go follow at the Inky Phoenix on my Instagram. My book club. Um, so number three for me. And this might seem a little random, but I just loved it so much. Was The Devil and the Dark Water by Stuart Turton, okay. who has been an episode on this show. Speaking of wonderful Brits. Yep. I, and you haven't read it yet. So I know you can't really, we can say that now The the interview's over. So you don't need to worry about like telling Sorry, Stuart you haven't read Stuart. his book yet. Stuart. Um, so Stuart, he's, it's this just, it's a thriller. And it's set in the 1600s on this trade boat. And there's this question, like, is the devil on board or is it just a murderer? So it's kind of that time where, you know, people would quickly, uh, fears would elevate and feed each other. And you're talking like, oh, like this side of the ship is where all the, I don't know nautical terms at all, but like all the shipmate people. No, go for it. Come up with some names. The boat swain and the first chap. (laughs) <laughs> and What are the other ones that you know? In the second boat, Swain, and the the last one you were talking about, and the captain Swain. But know. there's this,
1: uh, that other name that you were, kept talking about,
0: the first chap. <laughs> 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 the point, it's just like they, it, they paint it so like if you cross like this plank and you go over to where all the boat swains are, evidently, like you could get your throat cut. And that's just like what you risk if you go to that side of the boat. Um, I, it just it creates this world that every time I would close the page, I kept thinking about it. Yeah. And I, I think that's a huge accomplishment for a book. And it's beautifully written and it's it's creepy and scary and interesting and, and also very historical fiction oriented, which I love. So I just highly recommend that everyone picks it up. And it's yeah. a good holiday book, too, because it is a page-turner.
1: Yeah. All right. My third favorite book of the year was Piranesi. Okay. So um, another
0: Inky Phoenix pick?
1: Another Inky Phoenix. Fe- In fact, all of my- Are they on all Inky's? Yeah, because- Because um, I
0: force them on you.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I've been trying to help you and not so much pick the books, but like when we do the free cookies interviews, I want to have read the books. And I tried my best to do that. Yes. And so normally my picks would probably be pretty heavily nonfiction, but this year, this has been the year of fiction for you. I've predominantly read fiction at the urging of my wife. And
0: how do you feel about that?
1: I miss my nonfiction.
0: Uh, I do. Oh, I'm really,
1: no, no, I'm I'm happy to have read more fiction because I, I want to try to write another novel, but I do have that craving of like reading some nonfiction that like helps me like, know what's happening in the world like on a uh, like an idea standpoint and I feel like fiction why is a different do you that.
0: think considering you don't love fiction that much that you are interested in writing a novel
1: because I feel that writing a novel is really the ultimate flexing of writing mm. because you have to not just write but you have to create all of the ideas and characters and plot And so I feel like it's like this, it's like the perfect culmination of writing. Like it's the biggest challenge. It's like running the marathon of writing. Even though it's not what you are attracted to reading. I see what you're pointing out here. Um, I do. (laughs) It's like, I'm a runner and I'm like, but I'm going to swim the English channel. Zero judgment. Um, It's just
0: curiosity. No,
1: I think it's probably more of an ego thing than anything Hmm. that I think it's the ultimate challenge. Okay. Um, not that non—I mean—I think nonfiction writing requires a different set of skills. Like you have to research and interview and like pare down what streamlined is interesting and then bring that to life. But I, I think that just po- just completely creating something from your imagination is a, is like I can't say it any better than I feel like it's the Iron Man of writing. Okay. Um, so anyway, Piranesi is my number three. Susanna Clark. Susanna Clark, um, and it's a small little book that you, you can, yeah, I think you can get through in like two to three days. I like to
0: call it a bizarre yeah. little bonbon. Bon.
1: A bizarre bonbon. Bon. And everyone loves to pop something in their mouth and be like, what's this gonna be? Isn't it is it,
0: seriously weird is it book, though. dog urine from our carpet? We don't know. What kind of bizarre bonbon bon is this? It's kind of like a gobstopper, you know? Isn't the gobstopper from Willy Wonka the one that changes flavors in your mouth? Yes. It's, it's a little bit of a gobstopper. Like, you just don't know where you're going to It would be impossible
1: for me to describe the book other than like, it's, it's like this alternate universe World labyrinth that like has
0: an ocean stuck in the house. In a Roman,
1: in a, like a Roman, like, um, what are those things? called? Not a
0: cathedral, but like... The, the pillars?
1: Yeah, like what is, what is that Roman, like that... Corinthian re- columns? Yeah. Oh
0: God, you gotcha. Pantheon. Here.
1: It's like a pantheon.
0: Like a pantheon. It's like, okay.
1: You're number two, please, my okay. darling wife. I would was be shocked if this I is not you.
0: on your top three.
1: Okay, 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 okay.
0: Do you want to guess what my number two is? Uh, your number two is the Book of Longings. Ding, ding, ding merge merge <laughs> the book of longings i can't i mean this was almost number one and the only reason that it's not number one is because my number one came out in the same year as the book of longings which is highly unfortunate because the book of longings by sue monk kid it's her interpretation her theory that jesus had a wife named anna mm-hmm. and the book is about anna yeah and it is this like the ultimate feminist manifesto it's historical fiction, which I freaking gobble up. And Sue is... I will worship at the altar of Sue Monk Kid for the rest of my life. She was maybe our favorite interview of this year, if I'm being completely honest. Her episode of Free Cookies blew my mind. Um, as a writer, I aspire to be like a quarter as talented as she is. And she just... I cried a lot. I cried in the podcast. I cried in the book.
1: I cried too. It's which was under
0: dispute. Which is we'll we went forever. back to the replay, but I think there were some tears. Oh, producer Lindsay is shaking her head <laughs> no in the background.
1: <laughs> Slow motion no from producer Lindsay. No
0: crying. Oh, and the the prayer that's written in that book and her prayer bowl.
1: Oh yeah, is
0: just it, it is such a gorgeous book. And even if I'm describing it, and you're like, that doesn't sound like something I'd ever pick up. Trust me, pick it up. I think the only person I talked to who didn't love it was my sister, and I'm going to drill her hard on that over the holiday no, break. No, my cousin, Sam.
1: Sam like Sam it?
0: Fagan was the one who... No, my sister didn't love it either. Well, then there's two people, and we should probably
1: tie them both we up. We're going
0: to just kick him out of the family. Yeah, you're out. Um, My number two,
1: can you guess? I don't know that you can guess. Did you look already?
0: Panchinko. Uh,
1: yeah, I loved... <laughs> I, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I did love that book, but it's not from 2020. And I was trying to be a little stricter oh, on my books. So, not, so 2020, but published in 2020, not that you read in 2020. Well, I, it was published in 2015, I think. Yeah. Okay, uh, okay, Panchenko. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, which was a great book. Shout out to Panchenko, but not um, any other. I love the guessing game. This is so fun for us and fun for no one else. Right. Okay. What is it? Oh, you just want me to tell you?
0: Well, I feel like our listeners are probably okay.
1: my second book, favorite book of the year is My Dark Vanessa.
0: Mm-hmm. um mm-hmm.
1: i because i actually for me it kind of scratched the itch of non-fiction because it very much was touching on the me too felt like journalism yes yeah. it very much felt almost like the inside story of someone like a harvey weinstein yeah. or weinstein um or like some really snapshot of what a dynamic is like that explains to me the the me too movement because i'm very lucky to have never along the way in basketball and other places and journalism like never had interactions with men that mirror so much of what we've seen and so i loved it so much because it read it was a page turn and it read like that but it it felt like it it equipped me to talk more intelligently about this moment in time that we lived through
0: absolutely and the author is kate elizabeth russell for that one also an episode of free cookies this season um all right it's it is a gorgeous book which is a weird descriptor for it but i i I agree that almost made my top three as well okay so you're number one come on you know
1: i do for some reason i'm like you're blanking blanking can you just give me one clue like a really like a not in not an easy clue like one that just gives me a little nugget a little nugget of love a little ashy nugget that you'll gobble up
0: (laughs) phoenix that's my clue phoenix Phoenix.
1: it was an Inky Phoenix pick. <laughs> it was an it was Clear. a pick for the Inky Phoenix. Oh, we? That's
0: already been established.
1: Phoenix, Phoenix, Phoenix.
0: You are going to smack your palm I know, right into your forehead when I say you, this one. Do you know it? Ah uh, yes, Eva producer Lindsay knows what book it is. What is it? What is it? Tell the me House in the Cerulean Sea oh, by TJ Kuhn. Yeah. Yep, there she goes. Smack, smack, smack. Oh, three, good. Keep going. That's right. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> damn Lindsay and i have merged <laughs> y'all the ah. house in the cerulean sea tj clune another one of my favorite interviews we did this year mm-hmm. tj i love you and i love that your brain and i love this world it is it is it makes me sad that i can't bring up harry potter without feeling sad because i don't like jk rowling but Harry Potter will forever be one of the most special experiences in my literary life. And I haven't had the feeling that I got from Harry Potter, that I haven't had the feeling I got from The House in the Cerulean Sea since Harry Potter. That's a good way to phrase it. Yeah. It is magic. It puts that warm, happy feeling in your tummy with the characters. Like, the cast of characters are so rich, so unique. Dare we say it's the Ted Lasso of books? (laughs) Yeah. Is. Mm, 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 mm. Well done. Okay, that makes up for the fact that you didn't know about my one. Should was. I head
1: smack again? No, it got a little loud in. Just one final, one final. But, spot. okay, so w- my favorite was The Book of Longing, my number okay. 1 yes. this year was The Book of Longing and I think we've already kind of explored extol- Longings we've already there's not just one longing, there's multiple longings, that's and that's right. what happens when that's you're right. living in the b c right. times. There's a lot of things you long for that you don't get. but I love that book, and you know you've kind of already touched on all of the reasons that it's wonderful. that everyone needs to read it. yeah, so
0: I have a few other top threes, by the way. Well, wait, you have a few other top three, so what do you have, like, six to nine more books you <laughs> want to talk about? No, I have the top three dishes I made in 2020. Oh. You wanna, I want to see what the top three dishes are, because if you are a patron of our show, I actually share quite a few of my recipes the, on our Patreon. The beef stroganoff. Mm-hmm.
1: That's one of your top
0: three that mm-hmm. I feel like
1: you created this year. The and the beef bolog- stroganoff
0: is made with impossible meat. Yeah, let's.
1: the bolognese. It's got to be on the top three. I don't know. It's not
0: your recipe. Rest- Bolognese is made with lentils. I
1: personally love the, the stew that you made, but I don't know if it made your top
0: three. They did make my top three. Okay. So you give me your top three. Well, top three. Okay. Funny enough. So I'm a big fan of the New York Times cooking. I like, I, I follow, I'm subscribed to that and I follow their Instagram and I'm always getting good ideas from them. And I've got to give it to Melissa Clark. Like Melissa Clark has some seriously solid solid recipes and the she has this one stew it's like a beef stew that she makes with ale Mm -hmm. and that was the one that i reinterpreted and vegetarianized yes you did and it was quite satisfying but i also want people to look and this is like not i mean i don't know melissa clark i don't work for new york times like both of those would be fun um if they were real but melissa clark has a red lentil with a lemon soup that we have made maybe Mm -hmm. every single week this year and if you're just looking for that I think it's easy if you're a cook this is easy if you are not a cook it's probably a medium like like it's not macaroni and cheese out of a box right but it's fairly swift to put together and I just think that is absolutely divine
1: so are those your top three what are your top three
0: I also have my fried rice oh the veggie fried rice yes veggie fried rice a lot of high fives I'm doing today yeah veggie fried rice yeah but I also wanted to share I mean Kate is not on Instagram as much, so I don't know if you can contribute, but feel free to. I also wanted to give a few of my favorite accounts to follow this year. Yeah, go for it. That I loved. Um, Matt Haig, who's also the author of The Midnight Library, which was one of my favorite books of 2020 as well. I love following him. And I highly recommend, his his last name is H-A-I-G, Matt Haig, and I believe his handle is at Matt Haig. And he is so transparent about his struggles with... Mental health. Yeah. He's written a book about it as well. It's gorgeous. It's one, of
1: the, one of the best books on, on depression. That yeah. I and
0: he just, the transparency is so beautiful. And he just puts up very plain, like gray background tiles with his ideas that he's clearly scribbling down. Yeah. And so many of them have touched me deeply. And just to share a couple, like one was recent. He said, we have no duty to fulfill other people's desire to hurt us. Sit, Which, read that again. We have no duty to fulfill other people's desire to hurt us. What does that mean? I, I think that it's very easy when... If someone's... Oh, okay, yeah. Does got that it. make sense? Yeah, yeah I got okay, it. Yeah. Right, you got it. Cool. Um, this one I think is very pertinent for the holiday season. Remember this Christmas, it's always better to risk looking rude than to place yourself in prolonged situations that risk your mental or physical health. Right. That one has come up in my head many times, many, many times. So take that one, put it in your pocket. And then my favorite, no physical appearance is not worth eating pasta for. Boom, boom, I, love boom, I love you. I love you, Matt Haig. Boom. Okay, I, I know this is going to sound... I got my top
1: three candy bars if people want to hear those. Yeah, I
0: know. <laughs> okay. This next one is going to sound three. like nepotism, but it's not. Your top three family members? I just... Well, it turns out nepotism is just favorism. I always thought it meant that it is connected to family, but it's just favorism.
1: It the, the Venn diagrams overlap a lot because often your favoritism is with your family, yes. but you're right; it can also include. Friends.
0: But I just a fun fact, right? Um, if you wanna engage in a little oh, lepidism, okay, over. sorry. <laughs> well. F and B radio, E F F I N B radio, and yes, that's our page of Lindsay Collins. But it is like she has seriously upped to her content game mm. since Thanksgiving, and she's been doing like all these holiday tips and like these gorgeous photos and I will talk about it for the rest of my life like the jello mold the negroni jello mold like if you just want to be that person who is going to endure the mental health issues that come along with spending the holidays with your family but you want to be like I'm the badass and everyone bow down like you make the negroni mold and so I feel like she has a good way to, like, create the food that's going to please the family, even though she knows, like, oh, it's going to be a lot to please the family. Yeah, she
1: doesn't ignore the fact that pleasing the family is a fool's errand, you yeah. know? And so I, I she embraces that while still offering tidbits is yeah. really the the sweet spot of that account. F&B Radio, guys.
0: And then finally, I I really love uh, Stephanie Chin art. That's two ends in Chin. She is the woman who does the illustrations for the Inky Phoenix. But if you follow her page... Not only are her illustrations, like, inclusive and dynamic and beautiful, she always pairs it with, like, very empowering, non um, Brahmide style sayings. Like, stuff that actually you read it and you're like, fuck yeah. Like, I I do need that reminder. And it's not like, oh, my God, I've heard that so many times it hurts. You know
1: what's so... Like, I... You have introduced me to the word bromide, which every time you say it makes me think of formaldehyde.
0: (laughs) And so every time you
1: say it, I think of it as like a liquid that is poisonous or like somehow chemists use it.
0: Yeah, I could see it being poisonous because it's just repeated without any intention and people like. So instead of
1: rotting your body, it rots your mind and soul.
0: Bromides do. Kind of. Okay. That's not entirely fair. And then Hands Off My Dinosaur is one of my favorite accounts. He's an illustrator hands off my dinosaur, and he is so damn funny. He has all these puns. Like, my favorite is a Moby Dick one, and it's cut in half, and the top one is Moby Nice, and it's Moby, like, sticking out of the water, and you can tell it's, like, Captain Ahab in the boat, and he's like, I like your hat. And then the one below is, like, Moby Dick, and he's just being like, what a fucking stupid hat. <laughs>
1: Moby Dick. <laughs> it's so good that's great so
0: yeah there are lots of good ones like that
1: god i love you so much
0: <laughs> all right so uh, do you have any other top three lists that you wanted to share with the people i mean i can just open up the hands off my dinosaur account and start reading them if that's you want. True.
1: i have my top three favorite ashi poses which is really fun to describe oh, i'm to sure the, the, the listeners would love that <laughs> all right that'll do it for our top lists will and we'll be back with the answer to the question of what is the acronym that stands for players' wives. You You know what? I think it's WAG. Wag? Anyway, you know what? I'm going to Google Wives and girlfriends. Wives and girlfriends. WAG. Yeah, but let me me just verify this through the machine and then we'll be back for the bottom of the show which you don't want to miss. All right, that'll do it for... This week's episode, and but even though it seems like a year-end episode, we have one more we episode. We have one more left. We, we're going to have the author of Plain Bad Heroines,
0: which is the December pick of the Inky Phoenix, Emily
1: Danforth, and she's going so to be, great, and it's it's awesome. And just to bring things full circle, as promised and teased, it is WAG. It's WAG. It's WAG oh, it it's it's an is an acronym used. I'll just read right here. WAG is an acronym used to refer to wives and girlfriends. Wives and girlfriends. WAG of high-end, high-profile sportspersons. So the term may also be used in the singular form, WAG to refer to a specific fume. Anyway, you get the idea. It's also like this and is And there's a, very, a
0: documentary about this.
1: There've been like TV shows about wags. And and I'm using this as if it's not a sexist term and it is a sexist so term sexist. because people are defined not by their relationships to famous sports persons but by who they are separately to, to famous
0: men. Women yes. who are defined by their relationship to famous men. Yeah, exactly. So
1: and 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 why I brought why I was bringing it up in case it seems like I'm glorifying the term wag is that in Ted Lasso they made it seem like this character was going to be going a to, cliched... Yes wife and girlfriend, and she was anything but that. Absolutely. So just to bring it...
0: To Everyone a, go watch Ted Lasso.
1: That is the takeaway from this episode. And read
0: The House in the Cerulean Sea.
1: The takeaway. The, the book form of the Ted Lasso. The book form of Ted
0: Lasso. Kind of. Kind of.
1: Um, this show is produced by Lindsay Collins of f Radio. Please go follow f Radio, as eloquently described the reasons why you should do that, my wife Catherine. That oh. was a very bad sentence, but... <laughs> I was like, where
0: are we going with this? What are you going to do now? I mean, I I said it. I didn't write it. There's not a lot of editing I'm going to do now. And if you want to support the show, you'll notice that we do not have any advertisements or commercials on the show. So you can become a patron on patreon.com forward slash free cookies, or you can rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts.
1: And that would also be very helpful to the show. If, you know, the financial backing is difficult for you. Rating and reviewing the show helps other people find the show. It helps you further your relationship with free cookies so that eventually, if you go down the full rabbit hole of free cookies, you will end up at videos of Catherine Budig acting like Queen Elizabeth <laughs> or true. acting like a raptor. I mean, this the, the, the physical embodiment of both
0: of these characters, my princess dinosaur.
1: Yeah, it's something that would <laughs> definitely succeed in Jollywood. It's so nice. What do you
0: think? Yes. Uh, nerds.